It's a question that everybody asks. How is it possible that Yaakov Avinu, the great Sadik, the choicest of the Avois, would have lived his best years in such a horrible place as Mitzrayim? And we do have to wonder why the Torah makes a point of telling us exactly how many years that was, as if we couldn't work it out on our own. Most intriguing, of course, is that the parasha starts without a fresh paragraph, which raises the question why. The Medrash offers three possible reasons. Rashi only speaks about two of them, which tells us that Rashi believes, according to the Pshat, simple understanding of the, of the Psukim, it's because of something to do with the theme of the entire parasha, which is effectively the theme of Yaakov's passing, that we don't have a fresh paragraph at the beginning. So we have to explore what is so unique about Yaakov's passing, about his last years in Mitzrayim, and how can you call a parasha which speaks about him leaving this world the parasha of Vayechi, when he lived. Vayechi Yaakov eretz Mitzrayim, Shavai Sreshona, the Pasuk tells us that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years, and it says, Vayemei Yaakov, and this was the total extent of his life. Fragments is a simple question. Why does the Torah have to spell out for us that it was 17 years that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim? The Baal in the said, because we already know from Pashas Vayigash, as Kumadik is in Mitzrayim is given, that by the time Yaakov got to Mitzrayim, how old was he? As he tells Parah himself, you may name a Gurai, Shleshim Miyashana, 130 years. That's how old he was, 130 years. When the Pasuk Gufas of the Torah, and in our Pasuk, in the beginning of Vayichi, the Torah tells us, Vayichi, Yemei Yaakov, Shnei Chayev, Sheva, Shonim, Baboi, Mumiyah, Shona, that Yaakov lived 147 years. So, he arrived in Mitzrayim at 130, he lived 147, it's not higher grade arithmetic. So, you could work out that he lived for 17 years in Mitzrayim. So, the main nafkim in Oistel and Bazunda Yaakov's Yoran in Mitzrayim. Why then does the Torah feel it necessary to spell out for us how long Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim as if we couldn't work it out? And on the other hand, let's say that it is important. We have to know that he lived for 17 years in Mitzrayim. Okay, so then, fine, then tell us that and you don't have to tell us his total age. Again, we know from Parshas Vayigash that he arrived in Mitzrayim at the age of 130. So you tell me he arrived at 130, tell me he lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years, you don't have to tell me he was 147 when he passed away. It's self-understood. So it is strange that we're getting both information of his total years and the information of how old he was when he arrived in Mitzrayim and how many years he lived in Mitzrayim. So, various, many, many different commentaries point out as the far tell the commentaries tell us that this is the point. We need to know that when Yaakov was in Mitzrayim, that's the Vayechi. That, those are his good years. Because the 130 years preceding that, as Yaakov himself tells Paroi, they were not considered years of real life. On the time is, why not? Because they were difficult years. Filled with a lot of very difficult experiences and a lot of personal anxiety or despair or trauma. 
Frears an Antläufen von Aesopen. First he had to escape his own brother Aesop who wanted to kill him. Then sein Gefühlen sich beim Lomen was bei Jemachlani Kirvekerch Balayla Vatidach Nossi Meena Yonazai Vaiter. The two decades at Lavon where he was consumed by, by heat during the day and cold at night and he never got to sleep and he was of course misled by his father in law consistently. Bisum Chirasi Yosef, of course the highest trauma of his life was when Yosef was sold and he was told that he, that he had actually died. But once Yaakov comes to Mitzrayim, those 17 years, that's life. Because there he has no trauma, no stress, no issues, no difficulties. He lived a peaceful life in the best area of the whole of Mitzrayim. Seeing his entire family all keeping the faith. On Yosef al Smishan Lamelech, and Yosef is the powerhouse running Mitzrayim. The Pharisees don't give in by Yechi Yaakov, so all the Mephoshim tell us that's what the Torah wants us to know. Those 17 years, that was life. That's when he lived fully. Und die Torah ist kein aller seine Jahre zusammen in dem Sachakel von der Kufmen sein Shana. But then, here's where it gets interesting. After the Torah tells us that the 17 best years that Yaakov had were in Mitzrayim, then it tells us the total of 147 years. To tell us that those last 17 years were so beautiful and so powerful, they literally deleted all of the trauma, removed all of the difficulty of the preceding 130 years. That's how good his life was. To borrow a phrase from Chayesora, it was so powerful the time that he spent in Mitzrayim that it made retroactively as if his entire life had been good. Now that's something we have to understand because there must be more to the story. It's not just simply that you have such a great life that you forget your previous traumas. It must be more than that as well. So it's not 100% clear and smooth. Okay, so you could argue that Yaakov's good years in Mitzrayim were so beautiful and amazing that they made him forget how bad it had been before. But that's fine and that's true, but how can you now take all 147 years and put them into one reality and say... That was is bavos many to kidei tzemat gishain as kulan shavin or nachmer kulan shavin letova. So what are you saying? You're saying that there's a theme, there's a common denominator between all of his years that they were all good. How can you say that? When we know that 130 years of his life were difficult. On the seventeen years I given by Chitachlis Achaim Vatoiv, and only seventeen were amazing years. So, how, how do you actually explain this? That the seventeen years not just uh, compensate for, or even uh, over, you know, create a a sense of relief. But how can you say that those seventeen years now come to define the hundred and thirty years that preceded them that were full of major challenges? So to understand that, we're going to look at this unusual reality that usually a parasha has a gap between the end of one parasha and the beginning of the next. Yet when it comes to Vayechi, there's no spacing. And there are various reasons given for that.
Wir haben das verstehen durch mein Wort sein, der wir schon Pirischraschin anhört von unserer Sedra, so to explain how the 17 years in Mitzrayim could have absolved and uplifted and reconstituted the 130 traumatic years of Yaakov's life. We'll look at what Rashi and the Medrash both say <clears throat> at the beginning of the parasha. The Medrash, let's start with the Medrash. The Medrash is going to give us three reasons why there's no gap before the parasha Vayichi starts. Rashi will leave off one of those reasons and we'll have to understand why. So the Medrash How come it is that every parasha in the Torah usually has an opening blank space before the parasha begins and not this one? Elon tells us the following reasons. Reason number one is because this is the parasha where Yaakov passes away so life became difficult for the Jewish people. It's like things closed in on them like this parasha is closed. Dovar Acher alternatively Why is this parasha closed? Because Yaakov intended to share with his children the end of time, in other words, the date of Moshiach's arrival, and it was closed. He he was he couldn't recall it. Or alternatively, alternatively, why is this parasha closed? Because Hashem now closed off all of the difficulties that Yaakov had experienced until this point in time, and they all disappeared. So, let's understand the question first and then the answers of the Medrash and see how Rashi tackles it. Why are we asking the question, why is this parasha closed? Because if you take a simple understanding of how you read Torah, the fact that the Torah is designed in such a way that there's no blank space before these key words, which indicate the new parasha, right? You're starting a new section. You would expect to have that gap, that open gap, so to speak. So it's understood that over here we buy all under sedus from the Torah, just like with every other parasha. You expect a gap before the parasha begins. Why is it not there? Simple question. Everybody could relate to the question, and we need an answer. The only problem is couple of questions. Number Okay, so there's no gap, right? There's no gap before the words You would expect that the first thing the Torah is trying to tell us over here is something positive. Something positive occurs at this point in time because look at the words. Something positive happens. Yaakov has good life. Which means that the first thing the Medrash should have said is, why is there a closed parasha? Because Hashem sealed off all of the difficulties that had assailed Yaakov for all of those years. That's what it should have been. Why do you start first by saying, no, it's because Yaakov passed away and now things are going to be bad for the Jews. But the theme is, it's supposed to be a positive time, positive message. The question's even beyond that. Because before we get to this piece of Vayechi Yaakov, the sin from Parashas Vayigash, the itself and the good from Bnei Sol and Eretz Goishen, the previous Parasha Vayigash concluded on a very positive note about how good life was for Yaakov's family in Goishen. It's a story of them growing and succeeding greatly. If you come straight from that story about how well the Bnei Yaakov, Bnei Yisrael are doing in Goshen, and now you go to Vayechi Yaakov that he's going to live his best life, and there's no gap. 
ist doch die Sforim Chai, was mit der Stimme meint die Teure zum Matgestein, als weil Chiyakov kommt bis Michus und kein Hefzig in sein Teuchen. Hat Teuch mit Sieben von der Friedrich Parsha. Logic then says, well, the Teure wants you to know, we're going straight from a positive message of Vayif Vayur Bim Oid to Vayachi Yaakov. Svavos kommt der time von Sosim Menachot Sorsha Be'ilam im Medrash als Lester von die Taimim. So why then does the Medrash list the reason why the parasha is closed because Yaakov's Soros was sealed off why is that the last message it should have been the first on the erst I'll say and the first reasons the Medrash gives which always implies that they're the most central reasons about why there's this lack of blank space are messages that are opposite of the good message of the end of Vayigash and opposite of the good me- message of Vayichi that this is Yaakov's best years doesn't make sense the Medrash should have identified according to Pshat you go straight from a good news story to a good news story so therefore the fact that there's no gap must be a good news story why do you leave that to offering or option number three this question is even larger when you look at Rashi's commentary. We know that Rashi's intention is always to explain the simplest understanding of the Psukim. So how should Rashi have approached why there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayachi? According to Pshat, which means According to Pshat, and that's Rashi's game, Vayigash is a positive message, Vayachi is a positive message, the lack of spacing between them should surely highlight the positive message. Rashi should definitely not be looking for an interpretation that has a negative connotation if the flow in Pshat is positive. They are living a good life, Yaakov lives a good life. Why then would Rashi straight away go to negative outcomes from the fact that Yaakov passed away? So he's neat moving. It doesn't make any sense. That third explanation the Medrash gives that there's no gap in the parasha because Hashem had closed off Yaakov's Tzoros. Right? Uh, um, which is one that's closest to the simple understanding of the Pasuk. Bring nit Rashi. Rashi does not quote it at all. How does that happen? The simplest understanding of the Psukim is we're in a good space now and Rashi does not quote at all the interpretation that there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayichi because it's a good space. Even the two other explanations the Medrash offers. Which Rashi does quote. At the very least Rashi should have offered them in the, the opposite order to how he does. The second explanation is linked to Yaakov's life. So yes, of course, the reason he wanted to tell his children about the coming of Mashiach is because he's about to pass away. Fine, but at least chronologically, it's while he's still alive, should be the first thing you mention. Yet the first explanation Rashi talks about is how the, the Golos began after Yaakov passes away. So what would prompt Yaakov, uh, what would prompt Rashi to present in the, the, these two explanations in a non-chronological order? 
Aber Frat, als ich die Indien Leutäuf, ist da noch mehr hart wie Leute in zweiten Tag. And especially the fact that he couldn't tell them when Mashiach is going to come. Okay, bad news. But that's not nearly as bad as saying the Golos is going to begin. So why does Rashi leave out the good news completely, then go straight to the worst news, which is chronologically later in the story, and then come back chronologically to something which happened earlier and is not as serious? It really doesn't make sense. So what does verstehen like dem was mir vorstellen verinfern die Kaschef die zwei Teile. So let's start off first by examining what various commentators point out about another question or about the question with regards to these two reasons. Let's say that the reason there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayachi is because Yaakov passed away and basically life closed off for the Jewish people and Golis began. Or, if you want to say the other reason, which is that Yaakov wanted to share the end of times and he wasn't able to. Either one of them would have only really made sense later on in the parasha, and that's where there should be no gap. It should have been at the time where Yaakov wanted to bless his children because that's when he was unable, he was blocked from sharing when Mashiach is coming. Or it should have been at the time where Yaakov passes away. That's where there should be no gap. So that's a great question. Why, if it's true what Rashi is saying, that the reason there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayachi relates to either just before or just after Yaakov's passing, then this lack of spacing should have been in the part of the parasha that's about Yaakov's passing either just before or just after. Answer the Mephoshim Mephain, Fatazastime, Mitten Sedras, Nitken, Tek Dakegen, in Onhoip Sedras. And they say, well, there's a very obvious reason for that. You wouldn't notice it in the middle of the parasha. That's common. But when you have no gap between the end of one parasha and the beginning of the next, that is very glaring, and so it's going to draw your attention. Shah's system is in Onab Sedra. Here's the logic. When you have no gap at the beginning of a parasha, because you expect that a new parasha means new topic, and therefore, so that's the place you really expect to have an opening, to have a blank space. So where you expect to find a gap, when you now discover there is none, and you've got two separate parishes without a break between them. So now you have to realize, look, this is obviously not the parasha trying to draw our attention to the fact that some detail in the parasha has to be taught in the context of stima, that something closes. The fact that this lack of spacing is right at the beginning of the parasha must inform our understanding of the entire parasha. On the halon, which basically means that the fact that there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayechi is actually the intro to parasha's Vayechi, as we shall see. So, if you want to now understand what is the reason there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayechi, you have to ask yourself, what is the primary theme of Parashas Vayechi? Well, that's obvious. Parashas Vayechi is not the details of how Yaakov lived those brilliant 17 years in Mitzrayim. 
Because those that are told in Parshas Vayigash, that's already described in the preceding Parsha. As Yaakov of Onev Zayin Givene Meit of Ha'oret, the fact that they lived in the best part of Mitzrayim, until we see that the Torah tells us they had immense success and growth. So what does Vayichi talk about? The entire theme of Vayichi is those things that led up to Yaakov's passing and the story of his passing. So the beginning of the parasha tells us Yaakov was drawing to the end of his days and therefore he wanted to bless his children and grandchildren. Right? The brochus to Ephraim and Menashe and then the brochus to the Shvatim. That's all, of course, related to the time immediately before Yaakov's passing. The good years, last week's parasha. Especially when you consider that right at the beginning of the parasha, in the Ersten Pasuk, the very first Pasuk does what? It tells us the total sum of how many years Yaakov lived. Well, that tells you, obviously, that we're at the end of his life. So Vayigash is the part of the Torah that talks about the good years of Yaakov's life in the 17 years in Mitzrayim. Vayechi talks about the end of his life. Is the fun fashtandik? So that's the theme of Vayechi. So now we can conclude as mitaparsha stuma, the fact that there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayechi, which is now supposed to represent an intro to Parshas Vayechi, main titera ondait nefastima bekeshets and teichin kloli from the parsha petiras Yaakov. The Torah is obviously alluding to the fact that something is closed or hidden or concealed. Where or about what? About Yaakov's passing, not about Yaakov's life. That's actually the pshat. This will help us understand why Rashi leans towards finding reasons that have to do with Yaakov's passing, not with the good years or the end of his tzoros, because the logic says the parasha of Vayechi is about Yaakov's passing. This is the introduction to the parasha of Vayechi. It must be linked to his passing. Their meet, Ved Feinfeld, Beidem and the which answers the two questions. Vosrashi is mashmit and tam. Why Rashi doesn't talk at all about how the Closed parasha represents that Hashem sealed off Yaakov's tzoros. On the say different it's to gebracht the and also helps us resolve why Rashi presents the two reasons which he does quote in what we thought was the non chronological order. What's Rashi thinking? Because we now know that the lack of spacing between Vayigash and Vayechi is supposed to relate to the whole theme of Vayechi, which is about Yaakov's passing. So the omiti pasirungen in shaychas mitaptira and whatever surrounded his passing hot bemele in pshutoy shel mikra kenordnit as the stima from the seder was read vegan petiras yakov zoreim esain efshesosim minakot zores. So it's quite obvious then that if this lack of space between vayigash and vayechi is somehow linked to the theme of Yaakov's passing, obviously it's not there to tell us oh Yaakov's zores stopped. They were hidden. They were closed off. That's got nothing to do with his passing. Science man, Shesosamun is given Baalbaim Kumen in Mitzrayim, Zibitzin Yor Farazim Petira. First of all, it wouldn't make sense time wise because when did Yaakov's Tsuris end? 17 years earlier than this parasha. This would not be the place that you alert us to it. 
And from a content perspective, the inyan from Shesosim imenu called Tzoresh Abayim Bos is Tachlis Achayus. When you say that Yaakov had no more Tzoresh, you're telling me that Yaakov lived his best possible life is in Kegen Zatzumina Petirushal Yaakov. That's the exact opposite of saying Yaakov passes away. The fire is Rashi Gansim Mashmetim Dritentan. That's why Rashi doesn't even consider including the third explanation because it speaks about the good years of Yaakov's life and the Stimasa Parsha is actually related to the end of Yaakov's life. And also we can now understand why Rashi offers the suggestion that Yaakov wanted to reveal when Moshiach's coming and didn't. He puts that second. Why second? Because if it's the theme of the parish is about Yaakov passing away, then if there is an explanation as to why there's no gap between Vayigash and Vayechi, and that explanation is tethered to Yaakov passing away, that's got to be the primary explanation. Because in that explanation, why is Sosam, why is the parish closed? Because now they're going into Golos and life is going to, so to speak, close in on them as a direct result of Yaakov passing away. As opposed to the fact that Yaakov may have wanted to tell them when Moshiach's coming and that was blocked from him, that's not directly related to Yaakov passing away. But we really need to understand this on a far deeper level. Let's try and understand this beyond just the simple connecting the dots of it's talking about Yaakov passing away. So obviously that must be why the parishes are closed. What does this all symbolize? So let's ask ourselves this question. Okay, fine. So you've explained to me that Parshas Vayigash describes the 17 beautiful years that Yaakov had in Mitzrayim and Vayechi talks about his passing. So then why do you call it Vayechi? The theme of the parasha is Yaakov passing away and whatever led up to his passing and followed his passing. Yes, of course, when it's the time that he passes away, you kind of summarize his life and say, this is how long he lived. 147 years, because of fear, like earlier. Fine, you could say that by using the second half of the Pasuk, which says, Yaakov's total years were 147. But the first part of the Pasuk, that Yaakov lived, lived to the hilt for 17 years in Mitzrayim. Which describes Yaakov's best years ever. How does that connect to Yaakov passing away? In fact, logically, especially when you consider that there is no gap between Vayigash and Vayechi, this is how the parasha should have been split. The fact that Yaakov lived for 17 years in Mitzrayim, 17 best years, should have been the last pasuk of Parashas Vayigash, because you're ending the story of his good life. That's where the parasha tells us that he came back to life again. And everybody had tremendous success. And then to say, and Yaakov lived 147 years. That's how the next parasha should have begun. And instead of calling the parasha we could have called it, I don't know, parasha or whatever. 
How does Vayechi belong in the parish of his passing? Noch davon verstehen. Let's take it further. Take that concept further. Because one thing we know for sure, the names of parishes are not chosen randomly. We've discussed many times the name of a parasha represents the theme of the parasha. And how do you name a parasha Vayechi if the parasha is all about Yaakov passing away? The exact opposite of the theme of Vayechi. Now, that question is actually the opener to the real understanding of what's going on over here. What does it mean to be alive? We throw around the term, obviously. We think living is that your heart beats and that you breathe. Not in Torah. The beard in them explanation is According to Torah, and this is an axiom, we have to remember how not to think like a, an, an ordinary person, but to think like a Jew. Alive means uninterrupted or unchanging life. It's eternal and it never shifts. Which is why the only entity that is truly alive is Hashem Himself, the source of all life. Because Hashem doesn't change. The Pasuk tells us, because Hashem is true, therefore Hashem is alive. True means it never changes. If something does temporarily cease, we call that in Torah false. That's why in Halacha, if you have a river that dries up, even if it's only once in seven years, the halachic definition of such a river is false river. And you cannot use the water from that river for the mechatos, which is used in the process of the paraduma, because that has to be maim chaim. It has to be living waters. Something is only truly alive. It is if it is alive consistently all the time, and that can only apply to Hashem. Which is why the chazal tell us, that the signature, the symbol of Hashem is MS. What represents Hashem? Absolute, unwavering, consistent truth. If you look at the word MS, it's comprised of three letters. Aleph, the Ersto is from Aleph base. Starts with the first letter of the Aleph base. Then it has Mem, the Mittelstois, the middle letter of the Aleph base, Mem. And then Tov, the Letstois, the last letter of the Aleph base. Was as there is on MS doesn't change. It's the same at the beginning as it is in the middle, as it will be at the end. Like the Pasuk says, I am the beginning, I am the end, there's nothing else besides me. So who is truth? Hashem. Who is alive? Hashem. Living does not simply mean you breathe. Living means. You're truly alive. That's why the Pasuk says, What is the nature of Hashem? The essence of Hashem is truth. It can never end, cease, pause, 
stop change. Therefore, is who Elikim Chaim is Er Yisbarat Emes Emetzius from Chaim. The Eibushter is the only real living entity, and we're not like that at all. Mashenke Nivroim. That's not the case for created beings. If you are created, you are not fundamentally, essentially alive. You're alive on the good graces of your Creator. If you're created, that means that you are bound by the laws of entropy and you are on the way to disappearing. And Hashem has to keep you alive. So a created being cannot be truly alive. We need to be plugged in. We need a source. And that source has to feed our life at any given time. And like this, it could change. The only way that you could be truly alive is if you are truly connected to Hashem. Ah, What does it mean? To be truly alive. How are you truly alive? Connected to Hashem. Umi hai taima veren in ongeruf and chaim. That's why generically the Jewish people are called alive. Vatem advekim Hashem lekechem as we're going to see now. To live there advekus and of course because we're connected to Hashem. V'yashteit as the pasuk tells us. Vatem advekim ba'avaya lekechem chaim kulchem ayoyim. You who are connected to Hashem today, you are truly alive. As echzezan and chayv kaim laad bekiyamatzmi. We because of our connection to Hashem can be truly alive and eternally so. And eternal is going to be a big part of our theme in this conversation. Okay, so deep, deep, deep down at a neshama level, we're absolutely alive because we're absolutely connected to Hashem and the soul is eternal. But in order to see and experience that here on earth, in our physical world, which is designed to conceal the truth of Hashem's reality. How do you see in this world that you're really alive? It's by Dafka going through challenges, distractions, concealment. And then, and doch bleibt der ganze umgeändert in Kimatero Mitzvahs. If you go through all the bumps along the way and you still remain completely dedicated to your connection to Hashem, then we know you're alive. Demult wird niskale mit der fuller Klarkeit sein Emesachayas, was an Tvekeswelikus kennet geändert wird. Because now we see, aha, you're not connected to Hashem in a relationship of convenience, in a relationship of inspiration. You've been through the mill, you've had the rough times, you've had the disappointments, you've had the darkness, and you're still connected to Hashem. Now we know that you're truly alive. Now we know that your connection is real. And that's why Vayechi Yaakov applies not just to the good years that Yaakov had in Mitzrayim, 17 years, but specifically to the Vayechi message where he passes away. In fact, that's why the whole parasha is called Vayechi. Why? Because during all of those 130 previous years, it wasn't yet possible to see if Yaakov Avinu's life with God, living his Judaism, was truly alive. 
In fact, we couldn't necessarily detect that Yaakov was living at that heightened level of connection to Hashem we reserved for the Avos, where they are like this vehicle just simply to express godliness in the world. Vorum de Klal, for now time, because the Mishnah Pirka Avos tells us, don't trust yourself until your last day. And the Gemara tells us even a tzaddik has to be wary of this and not think that they have made or achieved whatever it is that they are supposed to achieve in connection to Hashem until the end. We already know from Pashas Vayishlach that Yaakov consistently was concerned. What if I have done something that lacks in my service of Hashem and due to that, I'm not as good as I should be. And their fire is sein dagefund wegs wenn mesch von alle jorn so now all the time that you had this connection between Yaakov and Hashem even while he was in Eretz Yisrael und aus durchgehen as i feel sorry in your in the fact that he went through so many difficulties and traumas noch hat's nicht gewen kein genugendige beweiser sein emerson weichi all of that as beautiful as it is as much of a stalwart of Judaism Yaakov was, we still don't know that it's Chaim Amitian, that he's truly, truly alive. Even the fact that Yaakov had the satisfaction of knowing that the next generation, his children, and their children, like we see with Ephraim and Menashe, were completely dedicated. They were tzaddikim. Sorry, not talking about Ephraim and Asher, we'll get there soon. But the children that he saw in Eretz Yisrael, they were in a pristine environment, they were in a protected environment. We don't yet know. We don't yet know how you face off in the most challenging situation. But in our parasha where Yaakov is now at the end of his life, right? He's there, he's at the end of his life. And what happened before this point? He arrived in Mitzrayim. And now he knows with confidence he's in the worst spot on earth. Mitzrayim, Ervas Ha'aretz, the most lowly, promiscuous land, and he's a hundred percent focused, dedicated, on point. And then especially seeing that in Mitzrayim his family is still whole. As alle seine Kinder seinen ganzen Zeretzitkes, which means that all of his children and descendants are completely dedicated to Hashem. Und euch Yosef, including Yosef, Besides the fact that he is the king in Mitzrayim, and he had been uh, he had been captured and therefore, in a sense, assimilated within the nations of the world for a long time, he remained absolutely righteous. To the point that even Menashe and Ephraim was given in Mitzrayim who didn't know another life, they were born into that tar- horrible, toxic environment. They still deserve bruchas. Not only did they deserve Yaakov's bruchas, but that brocha becomes the whallmark bruchah that we give our children still till today. 
Dos erstot megale given Yaakov's emerson chayus only after having that ultimate test. Then you could see that Yaakov is truly alive. As oichal as ein Frieder kiyorn, which reflects back on even the previous years. When Hagabachitzen is full mit Yusurim and Agmas Nefesh, you look back at those 130 years and you think, Oi, Nebech, poor guy. Look what a terrible life he had. So much trauma, so much stress, so much conflict. I can now, with retrospect, look back and say, Yaakov was truly alive through all of that. He was really alive. Which is why the last 17 years in Mitzrayim are not the good years. They're the symbol of all his years having been good. That he could live in Mitzrayim with that heightened level of absolute commitment to Hashem reflects back on his entire life that it was that way. That explains why the parasha is called Vayechi. Even though you'll say, how could this be Vayechi? It's the tail end of his life. Nor And the actual passing. And the immediate next stage of history. How could you say Vayechi? And then talk about him passing away. Famously, the Gemara Zokt, we all know the Gemara that tells us, as Yaakov Ovinu Loimais, that Yaakov did not die. Ma'zar oi b'chaim, afu b'chaim, just as his descendants are alive, so is he. On the far statement by Yaakov and Delushoin Misa, that's why you look in the Torah, it doesn't say anything about Vayomas that he passed away. But the Pirish Defun is, what do you mean that he's alive? It means that means not just that he is alive, but it means that the nature of his life is such that it's reflected in the ongoing commitment and living as Jews of his children. In other words, we already said before, what, is, what does it mean to be alive? To be alive means without interruption, without diversion, without pause. Which is pretty much what you find that the Eibishter has. The Eibishter doesn't change, doesn't shift, doesn't diminish, doesn't pause. And we're all connected to Hashem. So how do you know Yaakov is alive? Because it doesn't pause. It doesn't disappear after he physically leaves. Even after his neshama leaves his body, his life continues. It wouldn't be a big surprise to us if you told me that Yaakov's neshama lives on. Obviously, all neshamas live on. The Chiddush is that here in this physical, real world, that's where you see the Emesechayus von Yaakov, and you see Yaakov's living is alive in this world. In seine Kinder, it's reflected in his children, that they live the same life, passion, connection that Yaakov lived. That's called alive. Because alive means it never stops. And if Yaakov leaves the room and it still continues, then you know he's alive. And that's a beautiful explanation why we call this parish of Not just to tell us that Yaakov lived a brilliant life and now we see it. 
Der mit is need blois mutgesch as eich la chreb teres Yaakov is noch halt scheich zu sagen bei Yechi Yaakov. By calling this parasha by Yechi. Firstly, we say that even after Yaakov passes away, you could still use the word that he's alive. But no noch mehr, it's much more than that. Dafka demult. You dafka after Yaakov physically passes la chreb tirasoi. Now's when you begin to realize how alive he is. When he's a living human, okay, we know many of those. And we don't necessarily see the uniqueness of Yaakov that he's alive. Because he's passionate, yes. He's connected, yes. When do you see the real Nitzchios, the eternity of Yaakov, of Inu's life? After he passes away. Now we said earlier on in the Sicha that the lack of spacing between Vayigash and Vayichi is not just about the words, even the words Vayichi Yaakov, but it's about the entire message of the entire parasha. And we identified what is the theme of the entire parasha, everything to do with Yaakov's passing. Now we can really understand and appreciate why Rashi did not quote the explanation that the lack of spacing is to teach us that Yaakov's Tzoros ended. He only quotes that either the parish is closed because now life started to close in on the Jews because Yaakov passed away and they went into Golos, or because the information was closed off from Yaakov and he could not tell his children when Mashiach is coming. Either way, Yaakov Rashi insisted on using commentary that is specifically linked to Yaakov passing away. So far, we only explained that really in a simple pshat level, that it makes sense. The theme of the parish is about Yaakov's passing, so Rashi will use the explanations that are linked to his, to his passing. But on a deeper level, it's a very beautiful geschmack insight. The fact that Dafka, this parasha, the parasha that describes Yaakov passing, this is the one that's called Vayechi. These two explanations that either Yaakov passed away and now the goddess began or that Yaakov could not reveal the time of Mashiach, they both illustrate and highlight as they both highlight how Yaakov's life is alive because it continues into his children. Because it illustrates to us that life for Yaakov is not just breathing. Life for Yaakov is complete connection to Torah and mitzvahs. Let's understand how that is. And this has a very directly relevant lesson for all of us in our personal situation. If you're going to tell me that people learn Torah and do mitzvahs in times that are good, it's no big surprise. And even if Jews do fulfill Torah mitzvahs in difficult times, in Golots, 
But it's a kind of goddess where you can see the end. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can see the way out. Like goddess Bavel. You know it's going to be 70 years and then it's over. Or there are signs that life is not so challenging. Or we have somehow in our minds, we know when it's all going to conclude. Okay. That still means that the Jews are doing what they should. It's not necessarily an indicator that they live what they should be doing. But when you're in a situation where the Golos is so overwhelming, how, what has it been so overwhelming? Which means the human mind cannot see a way out. The possibility of an end period is blocked. It sounds impossible. We thought it didn't happen. We thought it didn't happen. The world's just getting worse. If in those circumstances you retain absolute faith that Moshiach will come to the extent that you wait every day with anticipation. New should be today. And not just that you wait in some kind of nebulous way, but in that difficulty. We learn Torah, we fulfill mitzvahs. That is a compelling illustration of what? A Jew's life is Torah and mitzvahs. How do I know? Because when life is incredibly difficult, I'm still connected to Torah and mitzvahs. I don't wait just for the good times. That would express Yaakov's life for real. Because as we already said, how is Yaakov alive when his children are alive? When are his children alive? Not in the good times. That's not called alive. That's called freewheeling. When are you alive? In the time where you feel all hope is lost. Where you feel it's completely overwhelming. It's no longer popular. Everybody calls you some kind of an extremist because of the Judaism that you want to practice. And you're still alive and you're still committed. Ah, then you're alive. Now this gives us a totally profound insight into why Rashi only brings the other explanations and Dafka not the explanation. That it's the end of the Tzoros in Yaakov's life. Because if it were, if the, the no spacing between Vayigash and Vayichi was specifically about the fact that the Tzoros are gone, then I don't know that we're really committed to Judaism. We're just living an easy and good life. We don't know that we're really alive where do you see that you're really alive in the tough times in the times where Mashiach is invisible in the times where it feels like there's no way out so when in fact our connection to Torah Mitzvah our observance our commitment to Torah Mitzvah is even in the toughest of times that automatically unveils, reveals why they are tough times. 
why there is Golos in the first place. As Dafka Durch Dem Sashlemos. Why is there Golos? Not to punish us, not to make life difficult, not to create stress, not to create trauma, not to create 130 years of Yaakov's difficulty. It's all just for one reason, Vayichi Yaakov. That we could live Torah Mitzvahs properly and thereby reveal Geula in this world. And that also helps us to appreciate why one of the explanations is that Yaakov couldn't tell them when Moshiach is coming. This is the deeper reason why suddenly Yaakov went blank at exactly the moment he was going to tell his children the good news, Moshiach's arriving at such and such a date. It disappeared. Why? Let's assume that Yaakov had shared that information. Then the the overwhelming experience of Golos wouldn't be so overwhelming because we'd know the time frame. Even if it's a long time away, there is certain there's a certain calm, there's a certain comfort in knowing that there is an end. And if the Golos is not a full experience of Golos, then the Geula that follows is not a full experience of Geula. By the way, Rashi goes, it, it, he, he illustrates this by telling us information that theoretically he didn't have to tell us. What does he tell us? Yaakov wanted to reveal the case and it was hidden from him. Why do you have to tell me that? What's Rashi looking to explain? Why there's no gap in the script between Vayigash and Vayachi. Why it's a closed parasha. It's a closed parasha because the information was closed off from Yaakov. That's all. Why is it relevant for Rashi to tell us Yaakov wanted to reveal the end of times and it was hidden from him? Just say simply, the end of times was hidden from him. Now in them is Mirumas Rashi wants to hint us that's actually the whole point. Specifically because Yaakov could not recall the information he wanted to share. That actually fulfilled his intention, which was to reveal the end of time to his children. How so? Because the fact that Hashem would not allow him to know at that moment and therefore share at that moment the awareness of when Moshiach is coming, it's not because Hashem was trying to be difficult or hide things from him. It's because they wanted to empower us that we would reveal Moshiach through our efforts. And our efforts are only at full throttle if we don't know the end time. That's the meaning of the Pasuk that Yaakov wanted to reveal the Geula to his children and therefore it was hidden from him. When Yaakov wanted to bring to and share with his descendants, his children, the story of Mashiach, the opportunity for Mashiach, in order that his children should have access to the Gula in the fullest sense, is given to facilitate that, he had to lose sight of when the time frame is. That was the preparation. And that opened the path for 
Yaakov to share with his children the means by which they would reveal Moshiach. So Vayechi Yaakov, yes, it's a story of Yaakov passing away, but it's really the story of how Yaakov lives for real, even when he is not present. Why? Because the values he passes on to his children, they live even when it's not comfortable. And by doing so, we are able to bring about the coming of Moshiach in Yitzhak Hashem right now.